you talk about the recession. And I said, well, hey, listen, the people that are going to be using our services, they're not worried about the recession. The recession's not going to impact them, right? Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Before we get to the episode, I want to tell you about GrownNutTrees.com. So I forage local chestnuts here in Northeast Kansas. I sell them as untreated seeds that can be planted so you could grow out your own trees. And I still have one-year seedlings, which are 10 to 18 inches tall. It's really hard to find chestnuts that will grow in the Midwest because most of them are grown in either the Southeast, the Northeast, or even worse, the Pacific Northwest. And those just don't do well in Kansas. So these are adapted to the Midwest. Also, elderberry cuttings are coming soon. That's at GrowNutTrees.com. Welcome back to Thrive in the Future. So lately, we've been having a lot of conversations about how to recession-proof your life and how to recession-proof your job. And for the most part, we've focused on having side hustles and entrepreneurial opportunities. So one of the things we haven't really covered is how to recession-proof your job if you currently have a job that you're not planning on leaving. So in this episode, I talk with my friend Eric, who's also my co-worker, and we talk about ways to recession-proof your existing job while applying a entrepreneurial mindset. We also go into some side hustles and some of the things that he has going on as well. Let's get into the episode. Side note here, some of the audio is not that great in this episode. One of the challenges of having different voices and different guests that are not professional podcast guests is that you make do with the tech that you have over Zoom. So I fixed this as much as I can. It's a little bit wonky from an EQ standpoint, but you'll still get the message. Let's jump into the episode. So my friend Eric is joining me today. We're going to talk a little bit about how to recession-proof your job. So Eric, when you're at a social function or you're at church or something like that, and someone says, hey, Eric, what do you do? How do you introduce yourself? I typically shy away from the what do you do. Um, that's just the nature of me. But it's, yeah, I usually don't, if it just starts off like that, but if it's casual conversation and we have a common, you know, uh, it makes sense to discuss what you do for a living. Then I start to lead into it. Currently, I could say I juggle a lot, right? I work with a lot of different personalities and I have to keep it all organized. And I think that takes a certain skill set. What do you do? So I'm a project manager. Oh, what, what do project managers do? And like I just said, you, you got to juggle a lot. You got to, you know, you, you got to understand personalities. You got to be somewhat organized. Actually, you got to be quite a bit organized. Just drive, drive, drive. Be the driving force behind a project. You know, um, the glue that makes it all stick. That makes it all work, so to speak. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you set yourself apart from probably 80% of the people out there who say, I am, and then tie their identity to their job. And then they say, I am a project manager at XYZ company. And it makes it sound like we're like, you have no flexibility, but then you're also, you are like almost owned <laughs> or, or committed to them, right? Not that it's bad to be committed to your employer, right? But you started yeah. with, your strengths, you didn't even start with, I am a project manager. You started with your strengths and what it meant to do. And you never mentioned the company, which was really interesting because that's sets you apart from almost everybody who does, who does that. That's really interesting. 
And I think that yeah, because, ties into some of the other things we'll talk about, about, about mindset, right? Yeah, actually, it's good that you, you know, you kind of summed that all up like that. Because uh, I didn't really think about it, put that much thought into it. But now that you mentioned it, yeah, it does make sense. That, uh, and I think that has a lot to do with personality too, right? Right. Yeah. So like one of the things that I've, I've found is that, and I've heard this from lots of people, whether you have on your LinkedIn account or whether you introduce yourself like that, that if you have, if you don't tie yourself to a company, you say, Hey, yeah, currently I work as a project manager and I work over at XYZ, then it sounds different than I am a project manager mm -hmm. at, at XYZ. And some people actually say that when you introduce yourself as it makes you sound more available, but if they have an opening yeah. at their company, they may say something or say, Hey, yeah, George down there's got an opening at his company. And then mm -hmm. that may be a better opportunity. It just leaves it open and it makes more conversation. People ask me what I do. And I say, well, I currently, I currently am a project manager, but what I really like to do is this. Not that I don't like to do that other stuff. I turn it more <laughs> towards what I'm talking to them about, right? Like I, I like to grow trees. I like to do this. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this podcast. What do you think? Especially because I'm usually talking to people that are not IT people. I don't turn them off by pecking order. And then I just get right to it. Like uh, I was on a podcast a few weeks yeah. ago and the guy said, oh, so you like work in IT? And I said, yeah, yeah, I work in IT. I'm a project manager. But what I really like to do is this. And I brought it back to what we were talking about. That's, a, that's, a very, that's another good point because you're right. If you were asking, you know, there's so many things that I like to do. So, yeah, I am a project manager, but there's so many other things that I can't be. And it really I'm good at and I like to do. So, yeah, good, good point. All of those are good points. Um, but uh, another thing I, I think is important uh, to recognize is, I know I said personality, but, you know, attitude and a key thing is influence. You know what I mean when I say influence? As a project manager or whatever it is you like, but specifically as a project manager, you've got to be able, one, you got to have a great attitude. You can't always be positive, right? But 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 you got to be able to help people like improve performance. But the key thing I think is influence. You got to be able to influence. If, if you've got right. influence, you, you automatically make yourself absolutely. Out. It's just like what we we said. The question that we have at the end of our usual interviews are that. So tell me, candidate, why we should choose you over another candidate? And almost everybody can't answer that question. They seem so surprised by that question. And it's like, come on, this is like the easiest question under the sun. Yeah. So. You go back to your strengths. Yeah, it just puzzles me every time. Yeah, it's a struggle sometimes, right? Um, everybody's different. Right. Some people struggle in, in certain forms, mm -hmm. and some people excel, right? Uh, in yeah, definitely. And, and, and when they're independent. So. But for the most part, you should be able to say, you know, what makes you different? Why you? What do you bring to the table? Absolutely. You know? And that ties into the next point. So we're talking about, you know, I mean, everybody's laying off. Everybody's kind of worried about their job and stuff like that. You know, and 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 we were talking yesterday about what kind of what kind of advice would we give to people, you know, to like we said, recession proof your job, right? And it's not it's not the everyday advice you see on Google that 
oh, go update your LinkedIn profile and do all this other stuff. We were talking about other, you know, or you need to kiss the boss's butt or something more or something like that. Right. You know, I could see that a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the standard stuff. Right. But you know, yeah. I mean, I, I like what you were saying yesterday, you know, add your talent, learn those skills, take the time to learn new skills while you're, you're going along and then ask the right questions. Certainly. If they decide to bring you on, right. Um, these days, you know, they're bringing you on because there's a need, right? They need you to come on board and, and fill a void or pick up where someone else left off. And uh, in the beginning, obviously, you got to get, you know, indoctrinated and, and get, you know, understand what's going on. But then you got to be quick on your feet. The, the fire hose, no matter where you go, is probably going to be wide open. So take a good snapshot of what's going on and use your resources. I think the key to, and I, I keep going back to, you know, um, uh, making yourself, uh, uh, how do you make yourself valuable, right? Um, and that, that takes relationship. So get on board, you know, introduce yourself, do the rounds, be genuine, and uh, people want to help you. Don't be disingenuous. If you need help, say, hey, listen, I need help. I think I'm heading in the right direction. Um, you know, could, 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 you, could, you, could you point me or, or you, you mind having a conversation? And be personable. Right. There's, there's a bunch of things that you can do. It's not all about work, 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 work. People, I think, prefer to help people that uh, are uh, just like them. I'm just like you. I'm no different than you. Uh, uh, other things that I talked about yesterday, but man, there's just so many things that it, it can be any, it can be a multitude of reasons of, of uh, how do you recession proof your job. I don't think there's any one safe answer to that. I, I think these days, right, uh, employers, they know, right? If you're a fit or if you're not, and I think right away you you you, you you'll start to understand if you're a good fit or not. There's not a lot, not a, not a lot of communication. There's not a lot of feedback. Well, conversely, it could be everyone is engaging. Everyone is interested in what you have to say because what you're saying is not the same old mundane stuff, right? So you're making yourself. Uh -huh. You're that provocative person that I know we've done it this way for a long time. Well, maybe we should consider, right? So. You're bringing your new ideals, your fresh thoughts, and uh, you're clearing out some of the stale air, and you're being consistent. Right. Right? You're being consistent with that. You're not coming in, you know, the first 30 days when you're three new suits, and then you're out of suits. Right? <laughs> then you're back to who you really are. Right? right. So uh, you come in every day, and, and hey, listen, he's got another suit. He's got another suit. He's got another suit. So they're paying attention because you're bringing something. You, you're bringing a degree of consistency. But at the same time, it is uh, stuff that, you know, help people think about things in a different way. That, that's all. Never challenge anyone's position. Respect everyone. The people that are taking out the trash, you know, it could be your boss one day. So you got the people, the people that are collect, collecting the trash, you don't know what conversations that they're, they're having. They could be taking out the trash for the CEO, right? The person that's looking for a new position. Small, casual conversations could lead to, you know, um, hey, it's your birthday. The trash person, right? It's your birthday. Hey, here's a little something for you. Small gestures like that, right? If you're consistent and through and through, will make it all the way to the top four. Some way, somehow, it just happens. I think it's a personality to have the ability to capture people's attention. Make yourself a resource, right? Make yourself the go-to person. Mm -hmm. And and uh, another thing you <laughs> you need to do is how do you multiply what you bring to the table, right? Because 
if you're the best at everything, everyone else around you is what? What are they there for? If I got to do everything, what do you need them for? Right? So, so you essentially have to make clock. You have to be a, a clock builder. And then what I mean is, hey, Scott, uh, you love coming to me because every time you come to me, I give you the most spot on accurate time. Wow. Right? You trust the time I give you to be spot on to the second. Mm-hmm. But what happens when I'm not there? So another way you make yourself valuable is you build other clocks so that no matter you don't always have to be there. They know that if they go to your shop, right, they can go to that clock, they can go to that clock, they can go to that clock, they get the same exact time. So I think that's another key to making yourself recession-proof, right? It's not just about making yourself. It's making your whole division, department, directorate, make them all clocks so everybody's synchronized, everybody shares information, there's no bottlenecks, you can go to any person anytime. There's no stress about, man, I want to take vacation, but we're still backed up, right? I can, I only have Sean or Grant, so to speak, <laughs> right? So so there's no, you know, um, single point failure. So you recession-proof, not just yourself, everyone around you. And you continue to insulate yourself, right, with people like that. Just be, yeah, be a clock builder. The best clock builder you can be. <laughs> this is awesome. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> you got yeah. good stories. What I really liked what you said there about even the guy in the mailroom or the guy who's taking out the trash. I mean, I've literally had people that I worked with that later on in life, they were at a different position and they were a decision maker or a decision provider or a feedback provider. They said, hey, hey, you used to work over there at the state. You worked with Scott over there, right? And they go, yeah. And, and they go, well, what do you think of this guy? And you never know because you don't know that guy's working over there where you just applied for, right? And they're asking him how you did and what you were like and whether he would hire you. And even though he was lower man on the totem pole in your team or maybe not even in your team, then he's going to give feedback to that, that manager that, yeah, I worked with him and he was, he was pretty cool. Yeah, reputation. So it could be double-edged sword, right? It could be the same person, that same trash person to a prick to. Right. Right? Exactly. They're still having conversations. What do you think about? Do you know? They won't even say anything because these days people are cautious, right? Words are very measured. Sure. But a simple facial gesture will say it all. Yeah. Right? Oftentimes. Exactly. So yeah. 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 Don't wear bridges, I guess. Yeah. And then you, you have some people that are not giving their notice and they're just leaving or they're not giving their all or whatever. And, uh, you know, and then they leave and then it's, uh, they'll say, yeah, well, he left without a notice or something. And then you're so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a small world. It I'm really is. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Even in Kansas city and Topeka, I mean, Kansas city is huge. And then I run into people that, that, Hey, I worked with you. And I mean, look at us. I mean, I'm back at some place where I used to work as a contractor a couple of years ago. Right. So, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> So it's kind of funny, but. And the good thing is you don't leave any bad taste, right? There's no one saying, oh man, he's back. Right? You don't have to yeah, worry about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What other advice would you give? Recession proofing. I mean, is that really a thing? Because if you're good at what you do and layoffs are coming, oftentimes you know about them. There's no secrets to layoff. Right. But, uh, but like I said, if you're that key, if you're the key, if you're the glue 
You know, there's nothing you really need to worry about unless the company's just just you know, closing its doors. Right. So be confident, right? Don't always go to work every single day as if it's your first day. I think if you treat every day like it's your first day, right? Stay fresh. You know, don't get stagnant. Don't don't fall into the rut of uh oh man, here we go again. Because especially when you have to be a cross functional, uh-huh. right? It's tough sometimes when you got to be cross functional because you never really know what's going on. Just because your division or department might be, you know, running well oil, right? Um, someone else's, you know, uh, the, the department might not be. Sure. Um, so I, I think you've got to be uh, uh, have an awareness, a degree of awareness of what's going on, not just within your own, you know, uh, world or department, but across the organization mm-hmm. and establish relationships across the organization. Because, yeah, you might be uh, valuable within your own department, but uh, what makes you valuable to the organization as a whole? Right. So you got to figure that out. That might not be readily, you know, written on a wall. Just, there may not be a book, a playbook for that. You sometimes you just gotta figure that out, and uh, sure, yeah, I think that's another key thing is is making yourself valuable across the organization. And you know, again, that, that takes uh, uh, having those conversations with people because you never know who you're you're engaging, right? You never know. Mm-hmm. Again, um, attitude, relationships. What do you do to recession proof your life in this kind of economic environment? Don't worry about the money. Yeah. We're about relationships. Everything revolves about relationships and uh, experiences, right? Do what makes you happy. Right? Money. So, so, so what, what did Steve Jobs say? So he said, you know, you, you can get a, you can get the, the most expensive car, right? Um, or a Ford Pinto. They're both going to get you to the destination. Right. One is going to get you in a flashy style. Um, and one's, they're both going to get you there. You can get a Rolex or you can get a Casio. They're both going to do what? Right. Tell you the time. Um, but all of that means nothing, right? Because at the end of the day, if you, if you've got terminal cancer, the only thing that matters to you is what? Time. Mm-hmm. None of that stuff matters. None of it matters. So recession proof, what? Really? The biggest thing I think is doing what makes you happy. That's what you do. Don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about the you know, inflation. Don't listen to everyone saying, ah, oh, man, you know what you're doing. You, know, you grew up and, and uh, you know, you, you had these dreams of being a superstar or a lawyer or whatever it is. Don't do that. You're wasting your time. Uh, and then you look back. All those people who tell you don't do something, they're still sitting on the couch telling, telling you not to do something. And you're, you're way up here because what you do, you did all the things that they told you not to do. Right? You took risks. You bet on yourself. Um, yeah, man, I can go. On and on and on, but at the end of the day, it, it all comes down to uh, recession-proof your life by doing what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Period. Wow, that's great. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about entrepreneurship. So not only are you sharp about about recession-proofing your job, but let's talk about entrepreneurship. One of the things that I see with entrepreneurs is that they have a different mindset. They look for opportunities. They're not stuck where they're at. How does that work for you? So first, tell a little bit about your your gig you got going on there. Uh, right now, I just uh, launched a business um, you know, called Turf Brothers. Right? I got a partner. We both have a fund 
your appreciation for grass. Like it's, it's, it's a sick appreciation how, <laughs> uh, how much money and time we spend on grass, you know, to, to essentially just, it's what we do. It's our pastime. It started off as a hobby. And, but then when people started every day, it seemed like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing different? He was getting the same thing on his side. So we decided, Hey, listen, let's, uh, let's see if we can turn this into a business. We both work full time. So what we did was, uh, uh, against the advice from our, our spouses, you know, we said, Hey, listen, let, let's try this on the evenings and weekends. Let's, 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 uh, let's find somebody that's going to let us, you know, use their lot as like our, uh, you know, beta. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, I had a friend who was getting a house built and he said, Hey man, but he, he used to always ask me, you know, help him with his lawn at his old house. And I refused to because it was just a mess. Right. I said, well, listen, when you get your new house built, you know, if you're going to let, if, if, if you will, just, just, you know, can, can we use your house, your property as a, you know, launching pad. And, uh, really, uh, we took, uh, Travis, my partner, he and I, we just, you know, better on ourselves. Once again, we, we said, Hey, let's do it. Brand new, you know, new development community. We went out there, you know, uh, we pull up in our own personal, you know, vehicles and we're just looking like, you know, um, some, some people off Craigslist, right? <laughs> Everyone's walking by saying, Hey man, uh, you got a brand new house and you let these, these, these two guys tear up your yard like this. And, uh, literally, uh, eight days later, I got a video I'm going to share with you about the eight day results. Eight days later, he had the best lawn in the entire community. Wow. So what that did was it spawned everyone, you know, bringing his doorbell, trying to get our information. And we, we didn't have any cards. We didn't have any, we, we didn't have a name. We were just two dudes <laughs> that love grass. <laughs> he, uh, uh, he called us. He was like, Hey man. Everybody in the neighborhood is ringing my bell, asking me, you know, who, 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 who we are. And uh, that's what really it was a catalyst for us to say, maybe we do have something here. Uh-huh. So it was it was uh, us taking a, a fondness, right, for our hobby or, or, or what we love to do, our pastime, and uh, saying, hey, you know, let's, 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 let's take a chance. Let's find someone that's going to be willing to, you know, take a risk on us. And... Uh, we put our skills to work and, and boom, out of betting on ourselves, right? And someone willing to take a chance, right? Relationships, someone willing to take a chance on us. Um, people started knocking down our doors. We posted one video on this, uh, uh, this site called TikTok. Got a million views. And I don't even know how to use the, the, the site. My daughter was like, just post it on. Actually, my daughter did it. And a million views. And we really? posted a few. Wow. Yeah, we got more than a million views. Yeah, we so so we just started throwing up uh, you know different videos of us you know I do, doing our work and then people started asking questions. And we said you know let let's let's do this, let's do it. So we spent about a good a full season talking about it and working through it and testing. And then we actually did another yard in that same neighborhood. And you know fast forward uh, the weather started changing. And we said let's do it. So we filed paperwork and uh, we landed on a name. We started to buy merch. Right, yeah, merch. Uh, all right. Uh, turf there we go. Yeah, that's awesome. Right, we got shirts and everything, so we are official. So the the website should be launching real soon. Yeah. What sets it apart when you do the lawn versus somebody else? What's what's your specialty? We we're in a niche market, right? right. Um, there are a lot of people who have great lawns. Yeah, sure. Uh, our, our our niche is uh, if you're interested in in, in having a, a golf course in your front lawn. Right. That, that's what we, we turn your lawn into an absolute beautiful 
the most beautiful lawn. Uh, my buddy Travis, he cuts his grass less than maybe a quarter inch is the height of his grass. Sure. And and uh, you know it's fully striped. It people think it's artificial. Yeah. Right. Um. So 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 that's what we do. We take your lawn and we we completely level it. We add uh, the appropriate nutrients, get the right amount of sand in there, so you can get uh, good drainage, good aeration. Right. Um. So th- th- there's a process, and uh, a lot of people think you know you just cut it, fertilize it, you know, cut it, fertilize it, feed it every now and then you aerate it. Over. There's really a science to developing a good, healthy, deep-rooted lawn. And and that's what we do. We spent a good amount of time, maybe about two, three years, trial and error. Everything that was on the market, we took the time, we turned our passion into what well, we're turning our passion into a business. You talk about the recession, and I said, well, hey, listen, the people that are going to be using our services they're not worried about the recession. The recession's not going to impact them, right? So another thing, and then another thing I think about is is uh, real estate. So with real estate, I think a key thing, and I might be spilling the beans, right? We're putting it out there, and everyone else is going to start doing it now. Is but you find the best neighborhood. Every neighborhood has an ugly house, right? Right. Uh, it's probably it's probably just been sitting there forever, and, and no one's thinking about it. It's overgrown. So, so, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's listed and, and it's been on the market forever. People want to, to move into neighborhoods, right, that uh, have the best schools, you know, the best police department, the best everything, really. Sure, sure. You find the ugliest, like, just a little fixer-upper in the best neighborhood. And, uh, you know, um, you get it for dirt cheap, you know, clean it up some, and uh, there you go. You'll always have uh, a renter in there, right? Always. Yeah. Because... Uh, because of school. Yeah, you're always going to have, yeah, yeah, because of school. So you'll never have to worry about getting it rented out. And you do that over and over and over. So you buy it for a very, very low price, obviously. So, so, so you know, the, the rent, the pay the mortgage, and, and, and all that other stuff is built into the rent because you bought it for so, for so cheap. And then you just do it again, sure. do it again, and do it again. Continue to build well uh, with these crazy ideas. Uh, so you're thinking of those things. What's your mindset? What, what, what goes through your mind to come up with those ideas? Because I mean, some people are not, you know, they're not, uh, they're not primed that way. So what's the, what's the secret? What's the secret sauce for that kind of a mindset? I think it's not being afraid to put yourself out there, not being afraid to try things. Because the first time I tried to cook, I was terrible at it. And someone told me it was terrible. They just said it was terrible. And I think... Right. Someone telling you no is, 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 or something's bad is the same thing as, you know, your team losing. The only way to get better at something is you just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. So I think um, a part of it uh, has a lot to do with how you, I guess, you, 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 your upbringing. Yeah. Right? So if you grew up with a silver spoon, you don't know what it, what it really is to want because everything's given sure. to you. But when you grow up and you have to really go get, go after everything yourself, I think it's a part of your DNA at some point because you always had to go get it yourself because nobody's going to get it for you. But there's always somebody that says, hey, listen, I want better. The foundation around you, whether it be mom, dad, or mom and dad, always saying, hey, listen, don't do what your friends are doing, right? So I think uh, foundational. It has to be something that, uh, um, because if you come from a broken home, there's, there's, there's nothing saying you can you you can't succeed. It's just the odds are stacked against you. Mm-hmm. 
everybody's built differently, right? You have to experience things in life that make that make you want to say, either I want more or I'm just going to follow the path, right? So, so that's what makes leaders. That's what separates leaders. So you got you got leaders, you got followers. So the leaders are going to follow me. Let's go. This is how we're going to do it. Roll up my sleeves. I'm rolling my sleeves with you. But you need somebody at the front of the packs. This is what we're going to do. And this is why we're going to do it. Any ideals? Anything else we need to be thinking about that I'm not thinking about? Right. Right. What drives you? Well, so what drives me is either two things. Either I wonder if I can do that, like a skill. Yeah. You know, so so someone's grafting trees, right? And then I say, hey, I wonder if I can do that. And then so I get someone, I try it, and then I either use them on my property or I trade them for something else. I grow out chestnuts. I pick chestnuts up off the ground down at the school, abandoned chestnut trees that nobody's paying attention to. I take them home. Um, I put them in a bucket of sand for the wintertime. They sprout out in April. I put them in another pot and I water them and I got a tree. And then it can be transplanted someplace. And then, you know, people want them. So I trade them for something else or I put up an e-commerce site and started selling them. You know, so basically I took what I needed and then either had a surplus and then could sell it or saw a need that somebody else could use it. And then I was telling you the story yesterday about how I was an x-ray tech in the Air Force. I got out. I was a sonographer, you know, ultrasound. Every year I had to take a different test, a certification test. And the first year I took it, I paid $50 for this set of flashcards. And I was like, this is just flashcards, man, you know, $50. And so I was also, I beat all my Nintendo games. So I was sitting there, you know, learning how to program. And I saw a flashcard program. I programmed a flashcard program. And while I was studying for the next test, I created the questions on the flashcard program. Somebody at work saw it and said, you should sell this. I put it in the in the uh, National Journal and ended up making enough money to, like, you know, it wasn't much. I mean, like $7,000 a year or something like that, which was a lot good for a small of a market. Yeah, good money. yeah. And then I did that three years in a row and put myself, went back to school. And then when times got tough in the industry, then I, I had an IT degree and I, and I jumped over to IT. So, you know, and then, mm -hmm. uh, and then use that kind of looking for those kind of opportunities to get new skills to, you know, I was a developer. I wasn't ever, you know, I was the kind of guy that would give a project manager a hard time. It's like, how long do you think this will take? Well, what do you bother me for? Right. Yeah. yeah. You know what? <laughs> you know? I guess you and I are the same. I guess the, the key thing is here, we don't have a boundary. Right. There is there is really no limit. Like, hey, listen, just like what you said, I can do that. I think I share that same you know, sentiment. I right. see something and I say, either I'm not paying that price because I can do it myself. Sure. Right? Or I like to try that myself to see if I can. I think exactly. that's how it started. I think that's how it started with the grass, too, now that I think about it. Right. Because uh, I was terrible at it in the beginning. You were talking about cooking. So, you know, we were spending a lot of money at the restaurant yeah. and I was eating this uh, firecracker chicken and shrimp, right? At this Cajun restaurant. Yeah. I wonder how they make this. And I got the waitress to tell me enough information that basically these were, these were boneless chicken nuggets, high-end chicken nuggets, right? And it had just apricot jam and uh, hot sauce 
<laughs> over rice. Wow. And so I, I so I took that home and I made it and I was like, this is as good or better than the than the restaurant. <laughs> well, I think I did that. Started, <laughs> yeah, and then and then after that I started trying to duplicate recipes that from some restaurant I liked, right? Yeah. And then uh you know taught myself how to cook. But yeah, I was I, I still do that. I still go into restaurants if I try something new, I try to replicate it. So any closing thoughts on uh entrepreneurial mindset? That's pretty awesome. Just go get it. Just go get it. Don't listen to the because what's gonna happen is, you know, if you make it to 80, 75, right? If you good old retirement age, uh you don't want to be sitting there saying, Man, when I was your age, I right. was going right. to. I should have. Be the person that said, man, when I was your age, man, I did, I did, I did, I did. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe or follow button in your favorite podcast app. Check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and also follow us on social media at thriveinthefuture on Twitter and at thriveinthefuture on Instagram. And come and join our Telegram community by going to signup.thrivingthefuture.com. There's entry form there. It will send you an email with the Telegram community link. We have a new affiliate, the Smith Homestead. They have handmade soap and candles, handcrafted items. Perpin and I like the alpaca wool caps, hand-knitted by Homestead Padre himself, and lots more. If you use Thriving as a coupon code at checkout, you get 10% off. That's the Smith Homestead. It's smith-homestead.com. Next time on Thrive in the Future Podcast. Next time on Thrive in the Future Podcast, we talk with Homestead Padre from Twitter about adversity.